Today on The Breakdown, you got a flush? You feeling good? You know, your whole life feels flesh, maybe. Because it's day two, you're in the Caribbean. Well, <laughs> in your mind. Because <laughs> really, you're in Germany. It's the Party Poker Millions Germany event, obviously, in 2018. And it's probably day one. But you got a flush, and things are great. And then there's this fucking guy. <laughs> and, you know, he just, he just, you just feel like, what do I even... What is he even doing right now? You know what I mean? You know how you you know how that goes, right? Well, we got a hand just like that. That hand happens on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I was actually laughing during that opening. I don't usually laugh while you're doing it. Never, in like, fact. That was just unhinged enough. It was good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this fucking guy that got me. <laughs> you have a flush. This fucking guy. Who the fuck does he think he is? Yeah. Yeah, that was probably. You actually laughed at the Caribbean Germany thing about it. Oh, yeah, too. that was pretty good. Yeah. No, got, well, that, that was more of like, sometimes when I laugh at you, it's, it's more at you than with you. Yeah, sure. That's more of like your general, like, <laughs> that's, that's the type of thing Jonathan would do type of thing. Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. That was, obviously, none of it was intentional. I didn't mean to say <laughs> the Caribbean or day two because it's probably day one, which we just talked about. I said day one. No, but first you said day two. Oh, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> this is like a, a well, it's episode two though. Like we a don't know. Twenty million euro dollar buy-in. It's a fifty-three hundred dollar million you didn't, you dollar. Didn't ca- oh, by the way, you didn't catch what I just did. Oh no, I got it. you. Said million dollar euro. <laughs> Close enough, right? Dollar euro. Yeah, right? whatever it was. Guess fucking what, buddy? What? The dollar euro is a real fucking thing. How do you like that? A lot of F-bombs here today. A lot of, it's a real thing. You made fun of me. You laughed at me. Guess that, what? Did you mean that when you said it? Of course I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, why aren't you, you're not even asking me what a dollar euro is. What's That's do- why I'm disappointed in you. What's a dollar euro? A dollar euro is when you have dollars and they're kept not in America. They're like stored in a centralized place, but not in America. That's called a dollar euro or a euro dollar. Fuck if I know why. That sounds like not true. You know who you know who pointed it out to me after he listened to the uh, podcast where you made fun of me for saying dollar well, euro let me twice? Guess, let me guess. Was it Jeff Goldblum? I wish it was Jeff Goldblum, and I'm sorry to the listener who, uh, who it was because that would have been cooler. Sorry, because okay. we all know that. He would have been like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so who was it? I was uh, Stuart Young, ah. actually, who uh, is smarter than you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's okay. And uh, is a regular on Poker Time. So everyone knows who is Stuart Younger, often on Poker Time. Yeah. Not always. You know, it depends. <laughs> Goes to the uh, Vienna Institute of Economics, I believe. Did once. Yeah, still does, actually. Still does, even as we speak. Uh, and uh, looked it up and sent me a whole link to the definition of a dollar euro and why it's a thing and how it's a thing. I got to believe you butchered the definition oh, just I'm, now. I'm sure I did. I'm sure he listened to this and was just rolling his eyes like, man, like just keep your mouth shut. You, you, you do better if like no one knows that you're a fool. They just suspect it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I, I butchered it a bit too. I mean, I read it like three weeks ago when he sent it to me and I haven't thought about it since until just now. Just now, Grant, because okay. I had to burn you, and now you get burnt. You're crispy on the outside. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
So here's the thing about this hand that I want to talk about before maybe we fuck around a little bit more and then talk about the hand. Um, it's been a while since we've done a video that we really got to exhibit a physical tell. I think this is a hand where we're going to get to. Yeah. So if, you, if you're only a podcast listener, that's cool. You should listen to the podcast. The podcast is the best thing we do. I've had that opinion for a long time. You should watch the video too on this one because there's, there's something that happens in this hand that's pretty interesting. And we're going to describe it. We're going to talk about it. I mean, why do they have to watch the video if we describe it? I don't understand. Because you actually get to see what the tell is. But we're going to describe it. It's not like it's the guy does a triple sow cow and they're like, what is that? We're going right. to say what the you, guy your does. Your perspective right now is patently ridiculous, Jonathan. Let's think about this for a second. If you, <laughs> if you were to, to be constructing a course on tells, yeah. would you describe the tells or show the tells? Look, of course you would show the tells, but would but that's different than this current situation, isn't it? Where they're already listening to the podcast, and it's a very easy tell to describe, and they'll be able to picture in their mind with no problem. I think some people want to learn about what that tell looks like. Pshaw! <laughs> Got you on a sassy day, huh? I'm super sassy today. Okay. Feels great. Good. Super sassy. Yeah. I'm going to give everyone the business. Hey, Mr. Police Officer. Get out of my face! (laughs) Stuff like that. Yeah, that's good. Good. (laughs) Are you often interacting with police officers? When I do, it goes something like that. You know? Do I often interact? I mean, it's uh, not so often. I mean, it's a global pandemic. How am I interacting with police officers right now? What am I doing? In your current state, I don't know. Maybe the police will have to be called to to <laughs> mitigate whatever you're doing. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. I don't interact with police officers very much, but I look forward to telling one of them to get out of my face. <laughs> you know? Okay, that's going to go well for you. It's going to go really well yeah. for you. <laughs> and then I'm going to right after that say, I know my rights <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm getting, you know, physically manhandled. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a real good plan. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I you know I I actually come up with plans like that where the plan most of the plan is just the thing I'm gonna say while some other much more vague thing physically is happening. For example, I really want to be involved in something where I'm running really quickly and uh, and I say, uh, "Get me out of here!" Wow, <laughs> <laughs> how is that gonna how is that ever gonna happen? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of ways you can get to that point, don't you think? And a lot, a lot of them are pretty amusing. <laughs> I mean, are you imagining yourself as Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible movie? No, no. He would never yell, get me out of here like that. No, no, that. he could. I can imagine it. He probably has. You know, when he's got like the comm link in his ear and like the team is there. Oh, and yeah. Something's going to explode. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not communicating to anyone else. Except, oh, you're just saying Except this? like to the world in general. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sort of yelling it like, ah, you know, like when you're, it's a ah. version of yelling. Yeah. Just like random. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure yell. that happens in action movies with like when they have like a connection to the team, you know? Of course. But I'm talking more like a Kevin Hart, like, get me out of here. You know, the Will oh, Ferrell get me like, out of here. Like spot. it's only for the benefit of the audience. And if the audience didn't exist, he would never say it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or even to amuse themselves, perhaps, because they're that clever and wonderful. But really, they're busy yelling and it's because they're they're in trouble in some way. Something's chasing them. That's problematic. Maybe it's fire. Maybe it's a an animal of some sort that will hurt them, eat them, etc. Maybe it's just guys that you know want to do violence to you. Maybe something else. I don't know. That's that's the kind of stuff I think about. Quick quick action movie question then about this. Yeah. And this might be the OG action movie for a lot of different conceptual things. But is the OG action movie for the protagonist talking to themselves die hard? 
Interesting question. Well, it's got to be, it really might be. I mean, the setup makes it so they sort of force some of that, right? I mean, they, yeah. they end up giving him a phone and talking to the, uh, the police officer down below. That's the other way they sort of handle giving right. him something to do and letting us know who he is a little bit. But that, that's up there. You know, anytime you have one person who's isolated, they often have to figure out, like, how to do this. Like, 128 Hours, not an action movie, but a great movie. Um, James Franco. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Danny, I can't believe I can't remember Danny his name. Danny Boyle? Yeah, Danny Boyle. Okay. Thank you. Uh, fabulous movie. And a lot of it is him just like talking to himself, right? Because yeah. what else are they going to do? Right. <laughs> but like that worked somehow, you know? Uh, I think it might be. I mean, he doesn't talk to himself that much though, but he does some. And he does stuff like, yeah, come on, John, great job. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Yeah. You have to do it, John. Yeah. When he first he like he berates himself for letting the guy get shot, and then he says you ha- you have to do it for you have to let the guy get yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, that's fine though. It, it all works. How's how yeah. is Die Hard still such a good action movie compared to other action movies? Yeah. I, it feels like one of those things where they should have been they should have gotten better at making action movies. That Die Hard isn't still so good, right? Yeah, I kind of agree. I think they they usually learn all the wrong lessons from these things, right? It's like, oh, they like the big explosions. They like the wisecrackingness of it. And of course, we do like those things. Yeah. But then they're like, let's just have a lot more of that. Turn the dial up on those things. And then you get like... Michael Bay stuff. Michael Bay stuff and wisecracking stuff that doesn't work mostly because most of that doesn't work. Yeah. And they did, though. Um, Die Hard was, I think, the beginning of the talk to the villain genre of mm. action movie where before that you never really had that with like long conversations back and forth but after that there was like a solid 15 years of the hero talks to the villain through some communication method throughout the movie like passenger 57 was the next one to come out where wesley snipes does that the entire movie he's he's like oh he's been on black the next one to come out isn't that the 90s movie and Die Hard came out in 84 really yeah wow well Anyway, I don't. I guess it was a while ago, but I'm, that is an example of the, the the action hero talking to the bad guy, which we sort of moved again out of that to some degree. Like we don't really do that as much anymore. Um, but we used to do that. There was like a fifteen year period where that was like every action movie because it works so well on Die Hard. Yeah. What made Die Hard really work is the question. Why was it good? Well, there's the whole like stuck in a building thing. That's a good conceptual beginning. You know, which sure. of course has been copied many times, but like lone lone hero stuck in a building, like the I don't know why it, it does so much better than all of the others that try to copy it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Rock made skyscraper, and I got to tell you, it wasn't a good diehard. That wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like barely okay, right? I yeah, mean, uh, and that's true for most action movies. Mostly, they're not even trying to do a good job. With no, they're not. Movies. They're just trying to get done. They're like, make the stunt happen. Hopefully, the editors will make this scene work. Moving on, you know, and that that's like a lot of it. Yeah. So I think a lot. Also, what's happened in we'll stop talking about this eventually. Oh, okay. But over the past decade or so, what's happened is all of the budget that used to go to standalone action movies now goes to comic book action movies. Mm. So there's no. There's not really the budget and the the acting talent available the same way that it used to be. For uh, for just like your, your standalone action movie, standalone is the key word yeah. there. I think because they're like definitely outside are... of some outside of some cinematic universe. You know, just like right. an action movie. Because there's know? a lot of like cinematic universe action movies right. that are like like Mission. It's interesting though. Mission Impossible. 
I love that. I yeah. love what they're doing, but they're doing something really different. They're like, let's do the craziest shit possible. Try and give, give Tom Cruise many chances to commit suicide yeah. and uh, film it all and then make up some dumb story around it that doesn't really track and no right. one cares. And that works yeah. really well. And then James Bond, I don't like any of that stuff, but clearly there's an audience for yeah. that. And that's more like style. The action sequences aren't particularly good, in my opinion, in James Bond or like thrilling yeah. or anything. Um, but... Actually, I don't know why people like James Bond movies. I don't. I don't really get it. Because it's all. all classy and shit. I don't know spies, but it's lame spy stuff. I don't. I don't get any of that. But I think my point holds. Like all yeah. these things that exist within these cinematic universes that are almost intrinsically like parallel to our own. Whereas Die Hard is is clearly like just what if this happened in real normal universe that we live in. Oh, that's the point you were going for. I thought you were going to make a different point entirely. What, what like, point do you think about I was the make? standalone action? movie thing. I'm trying to see if I can find any like good standalone action movies of the last few years. Uh, I mean, like it's absurd and it is more than a few years old. Now it's like 15 years old, but crank crank is quite fun. Yeah. Quite fun. Crank knows what it is. And that's yeah. what I like about it. It doesn't pretend to be more than it is. And crank two is the same thing. Crank two is like, I'm a batshit motherfucking crazy movie and I'm really going to batshit it out. And that's, that's cool, man. Yeah. You know, um, I think you're right though. I think like these days, just looking over my favorite movies of the last few years, these days, like, it's all CGI or all these, um, the big action movies now. It's like Godzilla movies and it's Spider-Man movies and right. it's stuff like that. And a lot of the action sequences are quite good in those movies. Right. But it's a different kind of a thing. And The Rock, I guess, makes action movies still, right? I think what... Standalone maybe, action Maybe movies. what the studios figured out is not only are people invested in these cinematic universes, so they should make the movies, but it's also much easier to do the Mission Impossible thing of like, well, okay, a lot of what people are here for is the visual stuff that's going to happen. Right. We already have the framework with this cinematic universe, and the people already know the characters. We don't have to do any of the story bullshit like you do with you do a standalone movie. So let's just not put the effort in and make more money, you know? Um, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if they're really... There rarely ever have been good standalone action movies, I think, in the yeah. history of cinema. It's just not a thing that happens very much. It's just die hard. <laughs> there's, there's probably like five other ones. You know, I mean? I'm sure the people may let us know what they are. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm just blanking and I can't think of. Yeah, them. like you know, we got a lot going on over here. You're not a huge fan of this movie, but I, I like it a lot, and a lot of people do. Does Inception count as that? I would say it does not. There is that 45 minute fucking action sequence, which I think is. Do you think it's terrible. too cerebral to be considered an action movie? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it's it, not only is it cerebral, but like the first hour of that movie, there's like almost no action. I guess there's moments of action, yeah. moments of like gun shooting, but you never feel like any thrills it's, until we get to the uh, the the hotel uh, hallway fight, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Like ten, you haven't seen Tenet, right? No, I have not. Tenet is the similar thing where it's it almost feels like a James Bond movie in some ways, where it's like stylish and moments of action and then uh, once in a while a long sequence of action but then then a lot of talking for a very long time and i really love tenant don't get me wrong like really really like it but um i'm not sure if that's an action movie any anymore either what isn't i don't know like die hard is clearly an action movie right yeah. that's the that the, the theme of the whole thing is like we're gonna shoot at you and you're gonna shoot back not nearly as good but definitely a good movie and one of michael bay's only good ones the rock fabulous yeah really good your other favorite movie is as well, which is Con Air. Oh, Con Air, which is not Michael Bay. Apparently, we talked about oh, this. Oh, he on a produced podcast. it, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't. We talked about this on right? a podcast, and, and uh, somebody. Corrected. I think it was probably Mike D'Angelo. I figured it has. He's to actually be. quoted on the Memento DVD, so he probably knows movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. 
you know, this this poker hand is all something of this else. is is leading up to this poker hand between two unknown players. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I do often try and put myself as we're doing this in the 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 ears of the new listener. Yeah. And I just don't ever know how they get to this point. <laughs> how they can if they're make looking it for poker the, strategy. Maybe yeah. they fast forward. Maybe they skip it. Maybe they're just in, maybe they like what they hear once in a while. Yeah. But like it's it's quite the gauntlet for someone who's like interested in hearing our poker stuff and is new to our podcast to get to the poker stuff. It's well, uh, it's fine with me, but I'm just thinking it's an interesting phenomena. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder anyway. I wonder if we actually do the Dennis and Lovey podcast if we'll stop doing this stuff on this podcast. Huh. Maybe we will. We'll find out someday. Someday. All right, let's talk about the hand. Okay. Which was suggested by action star Mark Testart over in Australia. Yeah, that's the more action movies are shot in Australia per capita than any other country Mad in the Max, world. Mad Max, man. There you go. Yeah. That's it, though. Yeah, that's the only one. But per, they have a very small per cap, you know. Yeah, so there's like seven tiny, people so. in Australia. So you it's know, an that's island. All. How do you even get there? They basically clinched it as soon as they shot the Mad Max movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, Mark, of course, one of the greatest suggestors that we have. Mount Rushmore? I think so. I, I think, think so. I think it's clear. Yeah. I think we've put him on there before. He's, that means he's on there. Yeah, and uh, he deserves to be. Wow. I mean, of course he does. Why would he put him on there if he didn't deserve to be? That's a weird to thing to say. I reiterate that so that Mark keeps suggesting. Oh, okay. Anyway, he suggested on Twitter. We are the poker guys on Twitter. I don't think he deserves to be. Wow. Wow. I just try to counteract your slurping the fucking listeners. I can't take it. <laughs> slurping. Great. That was great. Thanks. Um, so anyway, Mark, Mark suggested on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he included a, a YouTube link and a timestamp. That's how you should suggest. We are the poker guys on Twitter. We're easy to find all day. All right. So as I said, there are two unknown players. It's early in this 5,300 euro buy-in tournament, which uh, first place is what? 600 K, something like that. I, you know, I had it up. But I don't have it up right now. But did, I could get we it did again. In the past, do the final hand of this tournament. I feel like it was something. I, I like have the answer. The first place is actually eight hundred and fifty thousand euro. Oh, a nice. lot of people fucking played in this thing. Yeah, bro, one thousand twenty-two players. This is back when live poker was, you know, happening a lot. Yeah, it was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. It feels like eras ago. It does. It does. And in a way, it was a different era because you know, no pandemic yet. Hey, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this hand. Great. All right, so we got a player. We don't know either player's first name, and that doesn't matter. Who fucking cares? They're just guys. This guy's name is Rasta. Okay. But not like Rastafarian, like R-O-S-T-A, not uh, R-A-S-T-A. That's is, less interesting. It's not as cool. Uh, he's got $6 million in his stack, and I believe the blinds are two hundred k. It never really says, but he opens to five hundred fifty k. I guess it could be two forty, something like that. Yeah, one of those. It doesn't matter. Right. He's the effective stack with $6 million. Okay. He's in the cutoff. He opens to 550 with 10 nine of hearts. Good job, Rasta. Sure. In the big blind, we have Ihar, which no, his name is not Igor or Igor, which you're eventually going to say, I think. <laughs> I can't see it. So to me, it's I-H-A-R. So it I'm is good. That. Yeah. Ihar. Yeah. Like Ihar Radio. Sure. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> not a sponsor. Okay, going on. Moving on. Is that still a thing? It doesn't matter. I don't know. Ihar is in the big blind. He's got 10 million in his stack. Okay. He's got points. queen three of diamonds. He's going to defend. Sure. Everything's normal and good. Yep. Pot's 1.4 million. Fine. Effective stack is roster with about 5.5 remaining. The flop is ace of diamonds, nine of diamonds, four of hearts. Okay. So Ihar flops the queen high flush draw. Rasta flops the middle pair with the backdoor flush draw. Ihar checks. Yep. 
Rasta bets 450K, and this is a range advantage board, but yeah. should this be one of the types of hands that you check sometimes if you're Rasta? Sure. Sometimes I think it's the key, right? Like the frequency is what matters here. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should check this all the time. I think we do want to deny some equity because there are a bunch of cards that can come. And I mean, any paint card is problematic for yes, us, right? Of course. And actually any diamond could be problematic. And would be. As it turns out. Yeah. Uh, but a queen also beats us right now. And we don't know which of the paint cards to be afraid of. Uh, it's fine just to take it down right now and to start to define the hand. Um, but certainly we can't bet this all the time. If we're betting this all the time, we're probably losing money. Right. I mean, it's not a game theory disaster, but we're mostly getting called by better hands or hands with a lot of equity against us. Mostly. I mean, we are up against the big blind who's going to call with some suited uh, nines that yeah. are worse than ours. Yeah. And maybe maybe he'll Even call with suit. a four sometimes. Yeah. Maybe. I think any pair. I think any pair that are, we're going to get a call. And, uh, and there are a lot of nines out there that we are beating currently. Right? Like any, any suited nine that's worse... And actually, a lot of nines that are unsuited are still going to call too. Nine six is probably calling pre. Mm-hmm. Nine six plus. Something yeah, like that. I would think so. Yeah. Of course, there are better nines also that are, you know, all the better nines are calling too. Yep. Hence your point of game theory disaster. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're there, but it's no. close. Yep. So it's mo- mostly equity denial. When yeah, I think so. Yeah. And also just sort of like this is the kind of board I'm supposed to bet on, so right. I'm going to bet on it and not not to def- not make it too easy to play against me. That's well, another reason to bet. Rasta goes pretty small, 450 into 1.4, which is fine. Is normal on flops, but on this flop, should you not bet a little bit more? Why do you think so? Because of the wetness and the range advantage. The only wetness is the diamonds, really, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, mostly your opponent's not going to have diamonds. Mostly. True. And, like, if there was also some straightiness happening, I would agree with you more. I think, I think this is a, a time to bet small. Okay. I think we can go either way with it, but it's not worth talking about too much, so let's stop. Okay. Let's talk about Ihar. What are your frequencies as Ihar here mm. with the queen high flush draw? Good question. Because you've got to raise sometimes. You have to raise sometimes. And a lot of our raises are going to get instant faults. Right. But, but like I asked the what are your frequencies question because I imagine both of our default is like, oh, this is a clear call. Mm. When you have the queen three of diamonds on the ace high board. Right. Because like how, we don't have that yeah. many. But we do have some hands that are clearly uh, check raising for value here, right? Nine four suited, ace deuce, ace four. Oh, sorry, ace nine, ace four. Yeah, those are the obvious ones. Right. Um, I guess we can have pocket fours. I guess we can have a little bit of pocket nines, but not too much. Our, got, our opponent opened probably with thirty blinds. Yeah, and where did he open from? Cut off. Yeah, so we don't have too many pocket nines. We, we could have, have some. We could have nines. We can, but not too, no, right. not all of them. And that's that's it, right? Yeah. Like, and the, which are the two diamonds? It is the ace and the nine. Okay, so we can't have the nut flush draw and top no. pair or anything like that. Okay. Um, so we have some check raises, but not too many. There aren't very many straight draws we can have here, like no. at all. So for check raising with equity, it's probably mo- either two back doors or it's a flush draw. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the, the nature of this one, like having the queen is, is that big a deal, like to dissuade us from check raising. It's one of the better flush draws. But oh, because we could actually win with that showdown? Right, I don't, but like the ace, the fact that there's already an ace on board, I mean, I don't know. Like sometimes like if you, if you got an overcard and the flush draw, it's, it's kind of a powerful combination. Yeah. Like we don't have that. Right. So I, that makes me want to check raise a little more, I think, because like our hand feels a little less strong than if it was like a 10-7 deuce board or something sure. like that. Uh, 
So what frequencies? I don't really know off the top of my head here. I'm not Doug Polk, but I would say something like 25% check raise, something like that, maybe 30%. What do you think? That is probably correct. I think in practice, I find myself a lot less with mm-hmm. the check raise here because, yeah. because I'm worried about what I can represent. Also, I'm kind of worried about the awkwardness of the stack sizes here. Yeah. Like, what are we going to make it 1.5-ish, something like that? We probably can make it unbelievably small. We could probably make it one million. Okay, but because it he's going to have a lot of instant folds. Point being, though, like Rasta has a stack where he can jam a lot of hands against us, and then we're in a weird spot. But will he jam a lot of hands against us? Like, what hands is he actually going to jam? Is he going to jam Ace Queen against us with two diamonds? Maybe. Maybe he might just call though to try and like let us keep barreling instead of like ending the hand and not maximizing value. Yeah, you know. But you're right. He's short enough that he could just be like, "Fuck it." Let's and then go. and then we're in an awkward spot equity wise. Like, what if he has not flush draw? We're fucked. You know? That is the one problem. It's got to be like the king jack of diamonds. That's kind of the only king ten. Oh yeah, king ten of diamonds. You're right. But that's two combos. Yeah. But our, but we probably can't call anyway, right? Right. He started with three million, six million, six million. Oh god, if he jams, yeah. But he's just not going to have very many jams. I don't think he's going to have very many re raises at all. Is my belief? Maybe not. Because as we like to say, it does set up mostly game theory disaster spots to re raise all in with like ace queen. Well, right. to look at Rasta, he looks like an amateur. Uh-huh. He does. Uh, he looks like the guy that you see who uh, like wears the Oakleys. So he's more likely to move in with like Ace King here. Yeah, then, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, that makes it me want to call a little bit more. Yeah. Also, we might think we can get like if he's like a super amateur type, maybe we can just he's just going to give us free information down the road in this hand anyway. You know, depending on what cards come and stuff, he may make it really obvious what he has based on turn play. Yeah. So that makes me want to call more. Yeah, I heart calls. Okay, you heart calls? I heart calls. You love it when people call you, or you love calling people? I actually don't love either of those things, do no you? Likes that. Well, no. I actually talk to a bunch of people on the phone these days. Well, a bunch is a little overrated, but some people on the phone. I actually have a surprising amount of phone you conversations. Do. You do. You talk to, to me about them, and that really? it surprises me sometimes. Huh. I don't, you know, before the pandemic, I had zero phone conversations mm. pretty much, but now... You know, makes sense. You live alone. I live alone. I am starving for human attention. Okay. (laughs) I have a wife and a child. Maybe that makes a difference. Yeah. I'm going to guess it does. You have someone to actually talk to. It must be nice. You son of a bitch. It's pretty nice. I'm like cooking dinner and I look up and there's somebody there and I don't just see the void of emptiness and like uh, the, the culmination of all of my decisions throughout life (laughs) 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 and where, where it left me. That's not exactly where I'm coming from with this, but sure. Um, I mean, more like, it's been 10 months of just me in, yeah. in, a, in an apartment. And uh, yeah, there's like a lot but of then, But then you became part of me and my wife's bubble. Thank God. That's nice for you, right? It's really nice <laughs> for me. Yeah. I was telling someone, uh, I think it was my aunt or something like that, that I said, I've touched one human in the last 10 months. And it's my friend's daughter. And then I said, I mean, she's, <laughs> she's very young. It's okay. I just held her. I held her. You know, but like, yeah. she, I, think, I think your daughter's really the only person like like you know she's held my my finger and i've like held her of course and you know like i played with her a little bit and stuff so like i think that's it like i've accidentally brushed up against people besides that like that's like you and i have like bumped into each other like once or twice maybe but you didn't hug my wife the first time you saw her after a long time i don't know if i did i think i offered to and we like didn't do it because of pandemic i think oh that, that would make sense yeah um but like i'm just like that's okay i'm actually doing fine with it believe it or not <laughs> but it is interesting that it's been i mean it's it was march it was mid march and now it's mid february yeah. you know it's like a solid 11 months it's here. been a while yeah i'm hanging in there i get why you would have so many phone calls 
Yeah, like I kind of need to talk to somebody a lot these days. That said, anytime my pocket starts vibrating, I'm like, oh, and what is it now? Like, who's calling me now? Oh, I thought <laughs> like, you meant like I like I don't call you ever. No, no basically, no. not yeah. you, not you. Yeah, just like mostly when you are receiving a phone call, it's oh, gonna yeah. be like burdensome in some way. Well, thank you know. In the old days, you don't know about this, Grant. I know nothing about anything. In the old days, we didn't have caller ID or anything like that, so a phone call was just a ringing and nothing else, and you had to decide. You had to play the game yeah. of like, am I picking this up or not? And then thank God when we got answering machines, so we could screen a call. We could see what the, they could start the voicemail, and then you decide to pick it up. That's the only way you could do it. It wasn't a voicemail though, obviously, yeah. but um, they would start to leave their message. You know, and you're like, oh, it's my friend, and then you're like, hey, what's up, bro? Uh, you know, you have to. You had to do that. I mostly am getting calls about my car's warranty expiring these days. Oh, I get, I get stuff like that's, that. That's a very common s- spam call. The, your warranty's expiring. This is the final courtesy call. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. How's that for a courtesy? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I've, I mean, it, the thing that's weird is, I mean, I guess some people must pick, these, pick up the phone. Yeah, the elderly. Yeah, and I guess once in a while I actually do it too because sometimes I'm expecting a call from like a company. Right, right. Or like, like, and I'm like, it could be them, yeah. and then I have to answer it, and then we find out. Right. But... But mostly, I just don't answer any number I don't recognize, of course, like, like a yeah. normal person. You could leave a voicemail if it's important. I'm civilized. Just like Nitrogen Sports Poker. Whoa, they're civilized. You or don't, they don't answer phones. Well, I don't know if there is actually a phone number you can call. They're, but they, have, I, they do have an excellent support team. That, they do. That responds quickly. Yes, and, that's true. And has fixed issues quickly for, for our listeners in the past. They also just have issues. I mean, emotional issues. But that, not, not stuff that you would have to deal with. No. I'm just saying, personally for them, like, like about being love, self-esteem stuff. You and know. they're workaholics. Yeah, maybe a little too much, I would say. Yeah, they're too good at their jobs <laughs> and nitrogen. They care too much. They're perfectionists, you know, and it gets in their way of... And they've perfected giving away money to to an insane level that is... uh, It's a joke. I've been saying it for for years, but it's still true. They must be awful at business. And guess what? It's great for you. (laughs) It's great for you. It gets better all the time. It gets better because the price of Bitcoin keeps going up now. We are in a massive bull market. As of today, it hit 55,000 as of this recording. They they guarantee 100 millibits, right? Yeah. It's it's 1,000 buy-ins. That's... That's, that's $5,500 they're putting into the prize pool. Yep. And, but they limit, the, they limit the amount of buy-ins of actual players to max 300. We usually get less than 200. Grant. It's, it's value. What is going on, Grant? They're giving away over four, like $4,500 or something, $4,300 per freaking tournament. They're just giving it to our listeners. In, uh, Super sick. In October 2017, Jonathan and I went with a bunch of Portland poker players to Tahoe to play in the World Series of Poker Circuit events there. Yes, we did. And at that time, many people received nicknames. And Jonathan received the nickname the Value Hound yes. because of all of the sports bets he was making with the bad sports bettors among the group, including you, including me. <laughs> yes, yes. Although I'm clearly not the worst. No, no, no. But not yes. even close. But definitely includes me because um, I, I like to take the fun side of stuff. Yeah. So, to, so as the Value Hound, your your scent must be just like, <laughs> in, like completely embroiled when yes. you hear about this nitrogen deal. Yeah. The value hound must be all over this thing. The value hound is very interested in what's going on in the other room, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's like, what's that? What's that? What's happening? Yeah. Open this damn door. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel all the time yeah. when I think about this. It's crazy. It is. It is. It's crazy. Even, but even if you're like you, a non-value hound guy, yeah. a guy who's like, yeah, I bought the more expensive iPad. And I'm like, oh, good for you, I guess. And then I'm like, ooh, it is nice, though. Jeez, <laughs> look at that thing. Yeah. Um, 
even you are like this. This deal is so good. You have to play in these. I do, and I have to use the link in the description of this podcast yes. when I sign up, or I don't even get to see it in the tournament lobby. So don't make that mistake. Make sure you use the link when you sign up. That also tells Nitrogen that you came from us. Helps us out a little bit. Helps us out a little bit, and you know what? We like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's when when things that are good happen to us. That is good. We like that. Yeah. So please do that. End of commercial. Okay. So yes. We've got the uh, 10 nine of hearts on mm-hmm. the ace nine four two diamond one heart board as the protagonist so far, having raised preflop and bet the flop. Rasta. Rasta. We got Ihar with queen three of diamonds, the queen high flush draw, having check called the flop. Pots 2.3 million. Yep. Return is just the sickest. It's COVID times 10, bro. It's 10 of diamonds. That is, that is the one card that makes things the most complicated. Yeah. It's it, good. I mean, if you're going to write the script, man. Yeah, this is the card you put. So obviously, Rasta's made two pair with nine ten, and, and Ihar has made the second nut flush. Yeah, pretty sweet. First question is going to be a question I've asked before on this podcast, but I think it needs to be explored. Absolutely. Is this like a spot where you just feel like you have to bet a lot of the time as Ihar out of flow because the guy's going to check back so much? Absolutely. Uh, I think this is a bet most of the time. Uh, not just with this hand, not just with flushes. By the way, with some weaker hands to deny equity. It would help to have a diamond. It would be great. It would be great to have a diamond. If we had like two fives, if we had bottom pair or something like that, I like a lead here to deny equity. We're probably going to get called by an ace, but we're probably going to fold out everything else. Um, we decided not to check raise on the flop. Now, yeah. it's a little different if we have bottom pair. We're not right. check raising on the flop very often. Um, but it's like you said, it's going to go check, check all freaking day long. We don't want that uh, when we've got a good hand. Now, we, have, we always have a made hand of some sort or a big draw here, right? Because yeah. it's ace, nine, four. Right. Like, I don't think we have three, five and just check called almost ever. Not right? too frequently, no. Our opponent had started with 30 blinds. It just seems really hard to believe. Yeah. So, so, so when we lead, we always have something pretty good now. And it's really going to be hard for our opponent to, uh, to continue in the hand. Now, we could have something that's just bottom pair, though. So that's how, I think that's how we balance these leads. I mean, we have to we, lead with bottom pairs sometimes. Could we have too. something like 9-7 uh, with the 7 of diamonds and kind of decide to lead yeah. into a bit of a semi-bluff type I hand? really like that. I like that a lot. Um, I think we should do that. Um, I think if we have 5-4 with the 5 of diamonds, we could do the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think when we have flushes like we do, we absolutely should bet this almost always. I think the more interesting hands are like, what if you had something like you hadn't three bet preflop. You had ace queen with the queen of diamonds. Mm. How do you proceed with that hand? That is a hand that's probably strong enough in the mate of the made variety that we can check and look to get some value on the river because we're going to fold out our. It's hard to get three streets. Yeah. Um, and if it goes check check, then when we bet, we could be betting a slightly wider range of value than when we lead here and bet again on the river, which is what I assume we're going to do with ace queen with the queen of diamonds a lot of the time, depending on the river. Yeah. Like we're not the plan, the plan would not be to bet turn and then check river right with ace queen unless a really bad card yep. comes. Um, so I think I like I think I like a check with a hand like that, but I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong to say that. What do you think? I think you can afford to check that hand uh, if you have enough leads with other weaker diamonds, uh, one diamond hands. I mean, I mean also ace queen with the queen of diamonds is is problematic if we lead and get raised. A lot of yeah. the other hands are really obvious what to right, do. Right, you just easy fold or easy call. Like ace queen, I guess we have to call with the queen of diamonds in our hand, but it it's sucks. like ugh. like you could be drawing Horrible. dead obviously. Could be drawing dead, could be drawing thin as hell. Uh 
we just don't know where we're at at all. What are, what's the plan for the river if we miss, if no diamond comes, basically, yeah. or an ace or a queen doesn't come? I guess it's pretty straightforward if an ace or a queen or a diamond comes um, most of the time. Like, I don't know. So that's a reason. Like, ace queen's, like, too good almost to, like, lead here. Yeah. But I not hear. good enough to, to lead here. I hear you. Yeah. I think I'm on board with leading the queen high flush here also. I think yeah. I agree with that. However... That's from a practical perspective. If we're actually trying to construct how we're going to play this against good opponents, yes. then we can't do it all the time. We have to check flushes sometimes. Yes, of course we do, because otherwise our checking range is going to be way too yeah. weak. And the queen of dime, queen high flush would probably be one of the major candidates to check because it's the, among the least vulnerable. Like the nut flush would be the number one candidate, probably. And then the hmm. second nut flush would be the second candidate, I would guess, if you're going to check some flushes. Interesting. I'm just thinking about it. Like, well, if we have a flush, we want our opponent to bet... Right. And if they have the king or queen of diamonds in their hand, they're probably more apt. To that's bet. that's a fair point. So having it in our hand, we block the, some of their obvious semi bluffs. That's a fair point. I don't know. Either way, I think against somebody who seems to be an amateur, I think a lead is probably better. Absolutely. I don't know what an amateur is going to do with a hand like ace king when we lead. They're probably going to call. Yeah. But maybe not. And that's OK if they fold in the end. Like they're just going to check back anyway, the turn and. Maybe, you know, maybe we cost ourselves a street because we don't bet the river. But, yeah. like, we're trying to maximize value here. Like, we get getting two streets is worth so much more than just getting one right now. Like, getting turn and river versus just river because mm-hmm. the river is going to be an exponentially bigger bet than the turn. Yep. Cool. Anyway, I heart checks. Yeah, of course. Ooh. It's day one, probably, yeah. of a tournament in the Bahamas. It's in Germany. Yeah, the German Bahamas. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, that's going to happen a lot. And like you said, sometimes you have to check your flushes. I, yeah, you do. Anyway, I think Rasta has a pretty interesting decision here. I feel like I've been yeah. here so many times where yeah. it's like, what, what do I do? Do I bet this hand? I mean, I'm folding to a check raise, right? And like, what am I trying to get value out of? An ace. That's going to call. Yeah, it has to have might, a diamond with it. It might call. Yeah. But also probably a big diamond. If it's got a baby diamond, is it, is it going to call? It's just an internal battle because those are certainly concerns. But on the other side, there's the concern of, of, like, of just protecting your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not so bad just to take it down. We yeah. started the hand with 30 blinds. Now we have, like, What if the 25. dude does have 9-7 with the 7 of diamonds, you know? Yeah. What if the guy has ace-jack? Yeah. And he just feels like he has to call. Like, yeah. It's true. I think checking is the better play. It just feels like, eh. I mean, I think we're going to be checking a lot of our range here, right? And so, like, when this card comes in general. And so, we should be betting, like, some of our stronger hands. And this is a stronger hand. I don't know if it's strong enough. And betting some of our absolute weaker hands. Like, you know, so, like some, there are going to be some flush draws we can yeah. bet. But maybe also have a few, like, complete air. Like pocket threes. Yeah, massive whiffs. Like, we're losing right yeah. now. Let's see. If, but this is a card. Maybe we can get him to fold, like, a nine or something right. like that. Or, or even f- a weak ace. Yeah, even a weak ace. Or it's like, what, what's the plan yeah. here? Yeah. So, so I guess that's the reason why I'm more inclined to want to check this. Because I feel like this is... There are probably better hands we can have here that we can bet aces up, uh, sets. I'm not saying we should even bet all those. But those are better, right? Yeah. Um, and, of course, flushes. Yeah, I think I agree that this is a check. Yeah. So does Rasta. He checks back. Okay, that's fine. And here's where the tell comes in. Okay. Uh, fortuitously, the the videographers decided to not show the flop. They stuck it on Rasta the whole time who had checked back. Yeah. Keep in mind, Rasta's in position. He's not even first to act. 
as soon as the river comes, which is the 10 of spades, giving Rasta a full house. Yeah. Like immediately as it comes, he had been completely still. He immediately reaches for his chips and starts shuffling, like wants to put them in the pot. He wants to get them in the action. I will say he doesn't, even the way he reaches is not like, there's a way you reach for your chips when you're just going to shuffle your chips, where you don't really look at them so much. You know, you kind of feel for them. He doesn't do that. He turns towards the chips, which is the, I'm counting my chips. I'm looking at my stack. I'm going to take something. Like it's a different kind of movement towards the stack. If you've seen it, if you've seen it playing live before, you would recognize it if you watch this video. It's yeah. like, that's the thing where the guy actually has it if he's an amateur. Right, right. And, the, and I think there's something about it which is important too, which is he does it right away. Yeah. Like if he waits, like when people do it to dissuade a bet, they wait till someone's looking at them. Right. right? Or they do it for longer. This is like instantaneous and relatively quick. And it seems like unless this guy is doing like subtlety acting stuff, he's... He's not doing it for any audience. He's just doing it because that's what right. his body told him to do. Right. He's like, oh, my God. And he's like, oh, oh sure. Yeah. Wait, wait. I'm shuffling. I'm just shuffling. Yeah yeah. 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 So anyway, it's pretty interesting. Like, I haven't caught a tell like that for a while. It seems like it's probably what's going on here. Um, yeah, uh, I would say so. I, I remember, quick story. I remember playing in some tournament somewhere, maybe Pendleton. I don't know. doesn't matter. Uh, some poker tournament where... <laughs> I think it, I bet the flop as a bluff or something like that. This old guy called me on the turn. Uh, I start to like count out my chips. I think it was actually at, at the Rio uh, playing like one, a sit and go. I count out my chips. He's watching. He starts to like, he sees how much I'm, ca- I'm like counting out and he starts to build a calling stack. <laughs> I've seen that many times. Yeah. I put in my thing. He calls and I'm like, come on. And, and like some kind of scary card comes on the river, like a flush card or something like yeah. that. I'm like, this is great. I start to build up another one of those. And again, he like is getting his call thing right. Yeah. I'm like, this can't be real. And I put in, he insta <laughs> He turns over like the second nuts. And I'm like, nice, nice hand. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice work. I'm like, how can it be? He can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no human really behaves like that. turns out he, you got yourself. Yeah. 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 That's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It, is, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. If you're IHAR and you pick up on this, mm. what are you doing with the flush? You want to check, check on the turn. Uh, I mean, he definitely could have full houses here, right? He could yeah. have the hand he has. He could check a set. Yeah. You know, absolutely. He could also have, he's less likely to have like uh, the nut flush, but it's possible he could have the nut flush too. And it, he seemed to play. react to the yeah, river. It's though. true. It's true. Um, what are we doing? I mean, we got the second nut flush. It went check, check. I think I want to bet if I don't know what the hell I'm... If I don't know anything about this guy. It's also quite possible that I heard did not pick up on this. Yeah, I would guess he probably yeah. didn't, right? Like right. He was, was, probably he didn't. Yeah. Right? Um, I think it's okay to bet small. And like if you get raised, you you have a very easy decision kind of a thing. And Casey was doing the thing because like when I first saw it, I didn't realize how quick it was when the card came and when he did it. And I was like, I assumed it was what the guys do. I didn't know what his hand was. I, yeah. didn't, um, I assumed it was what the guys do when they um, are trying to dissuade a bet. Right. But then I, when we, you were like, he did it right away. I was like, oh yeah, that's really different. It is. Um, so if you don't realize the timing of it necessarily either, you know, that's another, that's another place where you might decide to bet. Try and make sure you get some value to the guy who clearly wants to go to showdown, but doesn't want to put any more chips in the pot. Yeah. And, by, and, and if he raises, I think you have a super obvious, easy decision. If you, but if you really see this and you know what's going on, you should check, right? Like, why would you put any chips in? I agree. But it's tough. It's I mean, so it went check, check on the turn. You have a flush. You, oh. should, probably, you should probably bet because tells are unreliable, even if you think you're really good at it. The other thing is, like, 
Is the plan to check fold? No, it can't be. Then we should put in, we should decide how much it is and we should make it a smaller amount. Yeah. So it's better for us to bet anyway then. I agree with that. Okay. By the way, another component of this tell um, is just comfort level. Like among many amateurs playing live poker, like a stiffness will will belie discomfort, right? And he looks pretty stiff, Rasta does, mm-hmm. as the river's coming. And then it comes and he like loosens up and takes the chips and like feels like he can move around. It right? feels so good when you, yeah. when you just have it. Yeah. So great. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> so I think it's, there's a little bit of a two-tiered tell there. Nice. Anyway, Ihar is going to bet. Can't blame him too much. No, I don't blame him. Does he bet, how much does he bet? 1.35. Which Into is how much? 2.3. Could have gone smaller. I would have liked to see him bet like 800,000. Yeah. But he probably didn't pick up on the tell. Right. And then it's fine to bet yeah. 1.35. You're trying to get value out of an ace. Right. Rasta, of course, moves in for $5 million. Yeah. Can you call if you're Ihar? Okay. There's, okay, with the, with the tell, now we absolutely should not call. Right. A million percent, we should not call. The guy who's doing it to dissuade your bet is not moving in right no. now. You know, you have perfect information, basically. This guy has it. Yep. He's always got, like, he, maybe he's got aces full. Maybe he's got ace-ace. Or, you know, maybe he's got 10-9 or 10-10 or whatever the hell it yeah. is. It's not a good spot for us. I guess that would be, uh, if it's 10-10, it would be quads, right? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, could have 10-10. <clears throat> yeah, I guess he could. Um, so it's an easy fold if we, if we saw the tell. But let's, let's pretend we haven't seen the tell for a second. Okay. Because it's a tougher spot at least now, right? My first concern is that all of the full houses make perfect sense. Yeah. Raising preflop? Sure. Any of the full houses except for like the 4X with the nine four hands makes sense, right? Yes. And so ace is full, quad tens, nines full, nine ten. When the diamond comes on the turn, you'd expect those to check a fair amount of the time. Absolutely. That's bad. Yes. They all make sense to get here and then they move and then the player moves in, having checked back the turn, meaning it's unlikely he has a weaker flush. So yeah, yeah, I got problems with this. I think this is a fold just based on that. I think you're probably right. I mean, it sucks that we have such a good flush. Yeah. That makes it a little tougher. Um, but yeah, it's not great. We can have better hands than this, right? We can have full houses for sure, sure. based sure. on how this played out. So that's a good reason to fold. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of worse hands, but not that many that bet. I guess. No, I don't think we're bet- We're never betting an ace. No, we're betting like, no, we're not betting an ace. So we're betting trips. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. Trips plus. Sounds right. Okay, so this is probably kind of high up in our distribution of trips. It's but but trips in, block full houses. Well, we don't have any trips. We have like no trips. It's the oh, because it went ten ten. Yeah, and and one right. of them's a diamond. So it's oh, not. you're right. We can't have any trips. Okay, so now it's flushes. Wow, we are really polarized to basically just flushes. It's not even polarized. Yeah, we're just at one end. We have a, we have a flush. We have a flusher better. We could have a full house. I guess we could have nine ten ourselves yeah. or ace ten or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. But we can't have trips. Or four is full. Right. Right. Okay, that's that's good. That makes it easier to fold the queen high flush then, for sure. Yeah, I think it is a fold. I think so, too. I think also, you can do all this talk about distribution and stuff, but really, you're up against a guy who seems like kind of a rank amateur, and when he raises the river, he just kind of, they almost always have it. But the, the problem is, what kind of a rank amateur? Like, yeah, does have it mean the six high flush, you know? Yeah, he's like slow playing the turn, and yeah. he's moving it on the river. Yeah, 
That's a fair question. Sometimes, sometimes you mess yourself up with that stuff and you, you make a great fold and they think they have you and they show you proudly their, their worst flush. Yeah. Like, see, it was a good fold. It's like, like the, uh, not, not that this guy's a rank amateur, but the Matt Berkey, Tommy Wynn hand, or was it Tommy Wynn? Yeah, it was Tommy Wynn. Yeah, where, where Wynn like way overvalues a flush against Berkey and Berkey makes a fold with a full house, which we thought was correct. Yeah, we liked it. But Tommy thought he was value betting for sure. A hundred percent Tommy yeah. thought he was value betting. Right. And, uh. Yeah, that's. I, I think Berkey at the time even said like, "I can't beat." There's a there's a few hands you like I can beat that like that you might be betting here, but like I'm losing everything else. Yeah. So he was like aware that there's he wasn't beating the whole range or like there's some hands in the range that were yeah. value betting that he was beating, but but yeah, but this is a thing that can happen for sure. But especially like in a bigger tournament, this is a fifty three hundred euro buy in. Like people mostly aren't raising all in on the river without having a really good hand when they're not. Victor Blom, you right. know what I mean? Mostly, or one of the really good players. Yeah, and if you're IHAR and you did pick up on the tell and you put it together and you oh realize the tell occurred when the 10 came, that means it's not a flush that was slow playing the turn. It means the 10 improved the hand, right. which means it's a full house, which means you're beat. Right, and again, we have to make sure this is a guy who isn't like, I have King 10, I can move in, but like they're never going to do that when the diamond comes, no. right? Never, ever, ever. No, you, 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 it's tough to put somebody in being that much of an amateur unless yeah. you've really got a lot of evidence. And if you know that, then you have an easy call. Yeah. Then you're just like, oh, I hope you don't have me beat because right. like obviously I'm beating a wide variety of hands here, but yeah. that's not the case here. Yeah, this, this is a fold. Do, do we get a fold? Yes, IHAR does fold. Nice job. By the way, this is the exact type of thing where like we say all these things about Ross being an amateur and then one of the listeners tweets <laughs> his Hendon at us and it's like yeah. 4.8 million. <laughs> that does seem to happen sometimes. But this guy with that tell, it feels like he either he's brand new to the live world that's yeah. been playing online the whole time or much more likely he's an amateur. Yeah, anyway, I think it's a good fold by IHAR. Yeah, me too. But I don't think it matters in the end because, you know, this tournament's early days and in the end, Victor Blom wins it. Yeah, that's why I mentioned Victor Blom. Yeah, we did do that hand, by the way. It was yeah. a very interesting hand, the last hand it's of the tournament. It's a great hand, yeah. actually. He makes a fabulous call on the river against yeah. against some dude, Pavel, Pavel, Pluski, Pluski, something like that. Ah, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, fun.